The word that has been laid upon my heart today is something that has been on my spirit for quite some time. But I'll, 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 I'll share because it, it was confirmed to me in the whole of this week, twice. Twice, and I realized this is basically essentially what the Lord wants us to hear. And that is, how are you dressed? You can look at yourself. How are you dressed? And just, or you know how you are dressed when you came home. Since there's none of you in the mirror here, at least you can remember how you're dressed. But I want you just to ask yourself, how are you dressed? And turn to Matthew chapter 22. We'll read from verse 1. We'll do a sort of a, almost a Bible study, so there are quite a number of scriptures that we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go through. I want you to be alert, and I want you to take time to consider. And the other thing I want to warn you in advance, put on your seatbelt. Because <laughs> you, you'll need it. As I, was prepared, I was, as I was waiting on God for this particular word, and he gave it to me, he's been giving it to me in bits, 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 bits. I had to put on my seatbelt to make sure I'm safe. So the same, I will, I, will, I will give you the same advice for the glory of God. Let us read from Matthew chapter 22, from verse 1. And this is what the Bible says. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted, fatted uh, cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and bind up their cities. Then he said to the servants, The wedding is ready, but those who are invited are not worthy. Therefore go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Father, we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name. I ask the first question, how are you dressed? I taught part of this particular message in a lady's fellowship at least this place. So some of you might remember part of it. I, touched, I only touched the tip of the iceberg when I was with you on the, in that particular day. So how are you dressed? And as it follows, our dressing speaks volumes about who we are or what we are about. 
how you dress many times speaks can it can reveal who you are or you can say certain occasions they demand specific type of dressing for example i remember my son this week he, he came and told me dad there's something i want to tell you when i was small i got lost he was leaving school and in the course of getting attracted somewhere the sister and the other brother were moving on and they, they sort of forgot him. So as, as he was walking, he was still small. He, he got lost and he, he, he didn't realize where he, where he was. Then uh, he finally, he walked into, a, I think somebody got him to go into a police station. And a policeman took, put him in his car. And they were trying to drive around to determine where the mother works or something like that. So, so I was laughing. So he said, took him to the wrong place. Then finally... While they were driving, he saw the, the brother, the sister, along the, along the road. So he shouted to the policeman, told him, oh, there, 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 there they are. Then the policeman jumped on his brakes immediately, right in the middle of the road, came out, and he said, I was looking at him immediately, he just opened the door, came out, all the vehicles stopped on the other side, and stopped on the other side. He was so amazed, and then he said, the policeman called, told him to come, come out of the car. He came out, he felt so big that the cars have stopped because of me. He was thinking it is because of him, the small guy, that the vehicles, that the vehicles, the vehicles have stopped. And then you know, they walked across the road to the brother and to the sister on the other, on the other side. And then he was saying that, you know, I felt so honored. And I felt, I literally started imagining what power this guy, this guy has. That, you know, he just appears and the vehicles, all the drivers obey him automatically. And there, and there, and there it was. You realize the reason, all oh, the reason was, one of them maybe because of the police car, but the main reason was because of the uniform that the guy was, the guy was, was, was dressed in. It commanded, you know, it commanded whatever it is that they needed to be commanded in that particular place. People respected him because of how he was dressed. And we say, just as your body needs to be clothed or to be dressed, say like now in winter and what have you, so your spirit also needs to be clothed. It needs to be dressed. That is the person who you are needs to be covered or needs to be dressed. If I tell any of you to undress here and to run up and down, nobody will be willing. I tell you, you're crazy, you're mad, I can't do such a thing. But that's what, that, that's what we are, that, that, that's exactly, exactly how we are. Somehow, these garments, they make us feel comfortable, or whatever it is that, you know, whatever it is that we put on it covers, is like, like we feel ashamed if we are not dressed. Even if it's a bad dress, it doesn't matter. At least you can still walk out when you are covered somehow. But if you are naked, it is a different, it is a different story. I want you to remember the Garden of Eden. And Adam and Eve, they were complete. After they were created, the Word of God says they were naked. But they didn't know it, that they were naked. Why somehow they were dressed by an invisible garment? by virtue of what God had done in their lives. As I meditated on it, I felt that it's like, you know, when they were in that garden at the initial time, they were covered with grace, they were covered with righteousness, they were covered with holiness, they were covered with humility, and they were covered with glory. All these things were the garments that they were having. 
And hence they never discovered or never, they never saw their nakedness. Nothing around could see their nakedness because of the glory that was surrounding them as they moved up and down that particular garden. But the day when they sinned, the day when they got into the deception, you know what happened. Suddenly, that particular dressing disappeared from them and they felt that they were undressed. Immediately, shame came in and they start running up and down to get to the leaves to cover themselves so that they can cover their shame. And I ask you it once again, how are you dressed? I want us to go to Romans chapter 13, verse 13 and 14. If, 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 I don't know if, 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 if Mary is able to get them on screen, I'll share the idea, I can see it. So, so Romans chapter 13, verse 13 to 14. I want us to look at what is it to be dressed as a child of God and what God is calling us to have even as we progress into the purposes and into the will of God. In this year that is, uh, that is before us. I want you to realize, just as I spoke about the issue of that particular police, policeman, he wouldn't be able to carry out his duties uh, properly unless he is dressed as he is expected. His dressing commands everything around, around him. It even gives him the, you know, it makes him feel confident in every, whatever it is that he turns himself simply because of how he's dressed. If you meet him in his normal attire, you will disregard him. You don't even think twice about him. You don't even care. Even if he calls out, you tell him, forget it, I've got my own things that I'm doing. But because of the uniform he has, there is a different uh, approach or a different response that he commands. Similarly unto you and unto I. The Bible says in, verse, in Romans chapter 13, verse 13 to 14, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not as corros not in corrosing carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or debauchery, not in dissension or uh, jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think how to gratify the desires of the flesh. The first dressing that God is giving you and giving me, he says, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Interesting. That God is concerned about you and I being covered. He does not want us to walk up and down when we are naked. But he gives us the specific type of dressing that he expects you and I to have. And he puts it very clearly there in that particular scripture where he tells us, rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is asking you to clothe yourself with, with Christ. And when you put on the Lord Jesus, that is if you check in, uh, if you again read Galatians chapter 3 verse 27, just before we move on, Galatians chapter 3 verse 27, he says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That is, you have dressed you have put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you move up and down, people are able to see the garment that you are dressed with. And that's what I want you to ask yourself and ask, my, ask myself. As I walk out of this door, as I walk in my house, as I walk whatever in my place of work, in my businesses or in my place where I stay, what do people to see? What, what do they see me when I, what am I covered or dressed with when they look at me? 
I will not go deeper into it. I just leave, leave, leave that, 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 that question with you. What do people see when they look at you? If you look at Romans chapter 8 verse 1, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not, or rather, yeah, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, in Christ Jesus, it's like, you know, you are those ones who are in Christ. They have put on the Lord Jesus. And by putting him on, he says, guilt disappears from this particular individual's life. Condemnation disappears from this particular individual's life. Why? Because God himself looks at you, not as you, but he looks at you through the garment that you are dressed with. You are dressed with, you are clad in that particular garment. Jesus is like an, a, 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 an overall that has a helmet and has glasses and there is no part of you that is left naked when you put him on. You wear him, he covers every part of you up to the feet so that no wonder he said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. That the moment you put him on, because he is alive and he's addressing, you've got no alternative. When he walks, you walk the way he walks. When you speak, you will speak the way he speaks because he is a living garment. He is a living dress. He's not the one that you will, you will stretch whatever, whichever way you want to stretch. As you submit to him, as you submit to him, you'll find there are limits to which you can go. In, in, in the, because you are in that particular garment. You'll find you can't, you, he can't go beyond a certain level. Why? Because he is a living, he's a living thing. And you will be molded in the way that he leads and he guides. And hence, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those ones who are in Christ. Ask yourself, do I experience condemnation? I'm always condemned in feeling guilty of very many issues in my life and over and over again. Check again, are you dressed? Are you covered? Because if I told you are living in guilt and you are living in condemnation, there is a clear indication to you to tell you maybe it gives me an indication I'm not properly dressed. I need to get back to my wardrobe and get that into the wardrobe that the Father has availed for me and put on the Lord Jesus properly. He says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 17, he says, Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So, we see first of all, in Christ, when you put him on, you are free from guilt. The second thing he's telling you there, he said that he who, is, who does the will of God, he who puts on Christ, finds the power and the grace to overcome the world. Just as, I, as, as, as we, we put it for my son when he, he saw the policeman stopping or whatever. That dressing that you are having will have an effect on the environment, wherever it is that you turn yourself. It blocks every particular advance of the enemy simply because of how you are dressed and how you are clad. And you realize as you put him on, enter into any particular place because you are putting him on, the people around will recognize who you are and they will suddenly behave differently because of who you are. If you go in a place where people are, they, they, they are professional swearers, they swear from A to Z, but what the moment they will discover the type of dressing that you have, 
and you make sure that dressing is clean and nicely polished and it is shining proper. You know, if it is, uh, uh, I remember the police, uh, the, the National Youth Service, they could go and you know, polish the shoes so and sparkling clean. Everything is so clear. Remember the students when they were going in, they used to be told, you'll be in the dark and you know, you're told to polish the black shoes and they should shine in the darkness. That's uh, one of the one, one of the, uh, the treatments that the newcomers used to be told when they will step. They used to step in the in the national youth service back back, back in those days when I was when people our students were serving in and that shining. You make sure your garment is properly ironed, dressed, and clear. When it is like that, I can assure you that when you enter into the midst of a people who fear not God, they will. Acknowledge your presence and the atmosphere will change for the glory of God because of how you are dressed. And many times our dressing, have we put so many colors on that particular dressing that is the Lord Jesus that we have. And that's the reason why when we go into places, people don't really recognize because they know who Jesus is. The demons know who he is. And when he appears, they know he is around. But when he, he knows that he's not around, you can see, you will see how they will behave. And that's why God is challenging you and challenging me. Put on my son. He is a living garment. My children, I've called you so that you may put on my son. That is what he says. So that you may be able to live the way that he lives. Because as he moves, you will move for the glory of God in the highest. If you look in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, as you see them on the screen, he declares that, For he made him who knew no sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Realize again it is inside him. After you've put him on, you are clad in him, you are declared righteous. As you move up and down, that garment, you know, it shines continually with us. So ever you turn yourself and the righteousness of God starts to be made manifest because it is no longer you who is commanding. You are submitted to that particular garment that you are in. It because, and I said, because he is a living garment. If you submit to that particular garment, you will discover the joy of being a child of God. You will discover the joy of being a Christian. It is not a struggle. It is not a struggle because he is a living garment. He will enable you to know when to raise your hand. He will enable you to know when you to take your foot forward. He will enable you to know when, no, 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 don't go forward. Hold, hold your ground at this particular time because he is a living garment. And he wants you to experience him in that particular way. In times when we find ourselves, as we shall find later, in times of anger, in times of all different times of challenges and temptations that comes in our way, that living garment will be able to make you to be an overcomer. If you dress, put it on day in and day out. There are some, some of us who have the habit of removing that garment, we place it aside and we try to go to handle things on. Then later on, we come and put it back on. To, in that particular way, it will not work. It will not be effective in, in your life. If you look in John chapter 15, verse 5, the word of God says, I am the vine. That is Jesus saying, I am the vine. And we have been told, put on the Lord Jesus. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Remember, 
in the Lord Jesus as we have been called unto him, as we want to impact our world. There's only one way we'll be able to impact the world or to bring a, a, an impact wherever it is that we turn ourselves. It is inside him. Why? Because he says, without for without him, you can do nothing, as he tells us in John 15, verse 5. Without him and without you and I, we can accomplish zero. Our wonderful preaching, our wonderful singing, our wonderful testimonies will be meaningless if they are not inside this particular living garment that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want you in everything that you do, in everything that I do, let us start looking at ourselves and determining why while I'm doing this, I am I'm wearing the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I reach out to hit my brother, it means I'm letting Jesus hammer my brother or my sister. While I'm stepping on his toe and I'm enjoying that, you know, I'm going to make him know, I feel my mind, I feel, give him a piece of my mind. It is exactly, it's like, you know, I'm using that garment on which I have to crumble on one of his own. To tremble on, or to trample on one of his own. And it, just consider yourself, when I get angry and I lash out so, so badly, you know, he, he is reproving me, telling me, oh, what you are doing is, you are using my mouth because my mouth has become the garment which you have made, and I am holy. You are making me to lash out and holy obscenities across to your brother or to your sister. Is that right, my child? He's very gentle, by the way. That's the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's so gentle, he's so loving. He wants us to discover the love that he has for you and for me. It's not the love where he's controlling us into a corner. No, he wants us to yield and me to yield so that that garment is able to flow the way he desires it to flow in the name of Jesus for the glory of God. Praise God. So realize you will walk free. You will experience that freedom in spirit, that liberty from guilt, that, you know, that power to overcome the world. Because as the government manifests itself, you've got that joy of, you know, the moment you appear, the world will take attention. And as you yield to that government, you will overcome. He says righteousness will be your lot because you are righteous. Because you are inside that particular government. You are counted righteous and you automatically start bearing fruit. Because he says, without me, you are my branches. We have to be in him. Abide in me and I in you that you may be able to bear fruit, he says. That is number one. The government that he's calling us to put on the Lord Jesus Second aspect of the garment he wants us to put on is in First Peter chapter five and verse five and six. I want you to look at yourself as I look at myself. Let us keep asking ourselves: Am I truly dressed with the Lord Jesus when I confess and say Jesus is Lord? Is it really true from the inside, or is just a mere intellectual declaration that I am making? First Peter chapter five, verse five to six. The Word of God says: Likewise, you younger people. Submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Here again, he is giving us secrets of how we are going to be able to experience grace and glory and the presence of God, moment by moment in our lives, put on the Lord Jesus, one. Secondly, says, put on humility. 
And he gives you the reason. He tells you, God resists the proud. He warns you in advance. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So if you want to experience grace, there is the, the thing you have. Learn the secret of walking humbly before the Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look at James, it, 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 no, look at, uh, we'll touch that one briefly. Look at uh, is, is Philippians chapter 2 verse, verse, verse 3. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. That is the clothing that God is looking for us as a family. If we want to grow and experience the grace of God, the healings of God, the power of God, mightily being many manifest in our outgoings and in our incomings, this thing God wants it to be manifested in your life and in my life. Put on the Lord Jesus. Put on humility. If you look in Micah chapter 6 verse 8, the word of God says the following, Micah chapter 6 verse 8. He has shown you, O man or woman, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Three things he has required of us. He says to do justly. That is, to put on the Lord Jesus, you will be able to fulfill that, that aspect. To love mercy. If there was anybody who was merciful, it is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why he says, put me on. You will know the secret of being merciful. Some of us are very merciless. In the way we deal, we eat with our children, we eat with our brothers, our sisters, or even with each other right here. We are extremely merciless. You can, you can test it in the words, in the words the way we speak about each other, or the way we look at each other sometimes. It tells you, ah, that guy or that woman, no, no mercy. If you cross his or her path, you are done. And this is the, the, the grace that God wants to work in our lives as his children. He says, put on humility. And here he says, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before the Lord your God. If you look at the, the book of James, I think it is James chapter 4 verse 6. James chapter 4, yeah, James chapter 4 verse 6. He's, he says some very interesting word again there. He says, but God, he gives more grace. Here he gives more grace, therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So, my brother and my sister, if you want to have fellowship and walk with God and you don't want God to resist you, think of the Almighty rising up to resist you, He takes time. To resist the proud. That is basically what the scripture is saying. Just think about it. That the Lord himself arising, planning. He's planning always, I'm going to resist that one. I'm going to resist that one. In his immense power, he's already setting plans and arrangements on how to oppose and to stop the proud. If there's any path we've got to run away from, it's from the foot of pride. Praise the Lord. And he tells us, put on humility. With lowliness, esteem each other better than oneself. I don't count myself to be unique. You don't count yourself to be unique. That's what the Lord is looking for in each one of us. In one of our motto, our motto, if you have our motto, if you don't have this, you can pick one later after the service. Love, accept, and honor every person as they are. Praise the Lord. That is one of the things that God loves, 
honors and accepts you as you are. That's the beauty of our Father. And that's why He wants that relationship to be revealed and made manifest amongst ourselves as we move forward. Then the grace of God will richly abound upon this particular church, upon our families, for the honor and for the glory of God in the highest. He says He gives grace, more grace. I like that. But He gives more grace. Therefore, He says, God resists the proud, but He gives grace. To the humble. You can digest those particular scriptures yourself as you go on. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 verse 13. The word of God says the following. He, he puts a very interesting thing across unto us. He says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. The list goes on kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. And I realize there, he says, that, so please do know, he said, so you must. He puts it as a command, so you must do. I don't have an alternative. You don't have an option. Praise God. And he says, put on tender mercies put on the lord jesus christ put on humility put on mercy put on mercy put on compassion compassion from the depths of your heart this is a mercy that is beyond uh, that is sort of beyond description it's not just a matter of oh, oh he doesn't have a piece of bread i'll give him a piece of bread no but that compassion goes beyond just giving that particular piece of bread. That compassion goes beyond and asks, and, uh, do you have any dinner? How are you going to have? What do you have for dinner? Tomorrow do you have any breakfast? And uh, what about lunch for tomorrow and dinner for, for, for tomorrow? Are you covered for this week? You know, so that you, you will be able to. Compassion is so heavy and so deep. It is not just a, a quick fix, no. Compassion goes to the very root of the need. And it goes to attend to that particular wound with a desire to completely heal it and to restore. And that's what God is looking for in you and in me. Because the world is hurting. Thousands and millions and billions are hurting. But you and I, we have the answer. But that is if we put on the Lord Jesus, we put on humility, and he has told us to put on mercy. If you look at James chapter 2 verse 13, the word of God says, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. But mercy triumphs over judgment. That's interesting. If you want to know mercy, there are times when you have even been in the wrong, and you're, you know 100%, I am supposed to be whacked, you know, I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm supposed to be completely erased out of the, the picture because of A, B, C, D. But if you have been a merciful man or a merciful woman, it's strange. The Bible says, mercy triumphs over judgment. Somehow, to the merciful, mercy will be shown. Praise God. That is the beauty of mercy. It prepares the way for you. And that's what he's telling us. Put on mercy. So my brother and my sister, if you have not been merciful, whether to your children, whether to your husband, whether to your wife, whether to your brothers or sisters, whether to your friends, please make a decision today as you leave. Father, help me to put on mercy. 
I want to be a changed man and a changed woman. From today, I know it is difficult, but God, I yield myself to this living garment. That is the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. That through him, I will become a merciful man. I will become a merciful young man. I will become a merciful young woman. I will become a merciful old man or old woman. I will be merciful in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 14. Colossians chapter 3 verse 14. We have seen put on Jesus. Put on humility. Put on mercy. Those are garments that, that is... Those are garments, but if you are to analyze Jesus, you'll find all these aspects are within that particular initial garment. If you put on that garment, you are a changed woman or changed man for the glory of God. So Colossians chapter 3 verse 14, the word of God says the following. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Praise God. He says, put on love. It is the bond of perfection. This is not just trivial love, but it is that love that emanates from the very core of our very being. That is the love of God. That love that does not know how to say no. It pursues us, wherever it is that we are going. We go hide in the, in the, in the, in the dungeons of sin. That love uh, glitches to those particular dungeons and still calls us poor. It still calls you so and so. Come out. I am, I am right here. I'm right here. And not only is it calling you from outside at the cave door, it enters in to come to pull you out of that particular dungeon so that it can bring you out in the light. That is the love that God wants you and I to put on. Your brother and your sister will not be able to block the way for you. You will not say that, ah, he has refused, I don't care, he can go hang. That's what we like saying. I don't care about him. No. The grace when you put on this particular love, hear what the word of God says about the love. It's a scripture you know. Chapter 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 to 8. Listen to what he says. On that particular scripture, it, it, I, love, I, love, I love it because it's such a challenge for us. He says, <laughs> love suffers long and is kind. Just ask yourself, how long do I suffer, my brother my sister? And how long am I kind to him or her? Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Praise God. What I always say of love is, love has a thick skin. Nothing can penetrate to stop it. From loving. Praise God. And that's how God loves you and that's how God loves me. He's not faced off by what you have done or what you are doing or what you are planning to do. He is loving you and loving me. And reaching out in that particular love to encompass us until we, uh, we find we are so loved that we say no to sin. And no to the company of the world and say yes to this garment. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
that we are so consumed by the warmth of that particular love because we have put it on, it literally burns and dissipates every wrong condition in you and in me for the glory of God. That is the power of the love that is calling you and I unto. We do not have an alternative. Listen, as a child of God, you and I, we don't have an alternative for any other kind of love or any kind of other kind of a root that, Lord, let me love Nikki only in this way. Let me love Sophia only in that way. Lord, Alfred, I will only love him in this way. Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord. When he said, ask and it shall be given, that's one thing that will not be given. He wants you to love and love the way he loves. Praise God. May God give us grace to be able to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you look across to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24, the word of God says the following, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24, if he says, and that you put on the new man, all right, the new self or the new woman, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. There's another dressing that he expects. He expects us to put on Jesus. He expects us to put on humility. He expects us to put on mercy. He expects us to put on love. Then he expects us to put on the new self. A new you. A new person completely. And that is created in him. Why is that person created in him? Because that person has been assimilated into that garment, the first garment which is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's been assimilated into that particular garment that he or she becomes part and parcel of that garment, which is called Jesus Christ. That wherever you walk, wherever I walk, people no longer see Randall. They no longer see Gwen. They no longer see Jennifer. They no longer see Alfred. They no longer see you know, that particular other person. No, they don't see Mark. They only see that one person. The garment that you put on, his name is Jesus. Praise the Lord. He says, put on the new man. Put on the new woman. Put on the new self, which has been created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. If you look at chapter, that same, same chapter, verse 25, let us move on to verse 20 up to 30, 32. I told you you'll read a lot of scriptures today. He speaks of not grieving the spirit of God in that section. And there we say, therefore, after he has told us in verse 24 that we put on the new man, there are some new things that he says the new man accompanies the garment, this garment that is called, this dressing that is called the new you or the new me. He says, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For you are members of one body, of one another. Be angry. You're allowed to be angry, but do not sin. Praise God. He says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers 
and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Praise God. These are the requirements that the Lord is placing unto us. And I go on in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 and 5, he says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. You are being set apart. You're being removed from the crowd and put surely to be different. This is the will of God, your sanctification. You're being washed and made holy, being made to sparkle, different from every other individual or man or woman or the society around which you stay. This is the will of God, your sanctification. You're being set apart. You are clad in the designer clothes. That is Jesus. He's the best designer clothes that you can ever have. Praise the Lord. Forget about that. What did they call it? Prada. Prada. Name all of those particular things. Forget all those particular garments. One that is unique. It is called Jesus. Praise the Lord. Put on. Put on the new man. He says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his or her own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Praise God. You hear what the scripture is telling us there. It is telling us to imitate, to imitate God. And finally, we read this scripture. Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 1 to 21. We've read the last part, now we are going to the beginning. I want you to listen attentively to what, how the word of, what the word of God is teaching us. Put on the Lord Jesus. Put on humility. Put on, you know, compassion or masses. Put on at the new self. That is the new, you put on love and then put on the new self. Be the new man or the new woman that God has desired you to be. And the gifts of God, the graces of God, which are being released into this particular church, shall be fully made manifest in your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He says from verse 1, I'll read quickly. He says, walk in love. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Each one of you, you are saints of God. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor cause jesting, you know, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, woman, who is an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. 
Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. He's telling us to walk in the light in verse 8. He says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. As much as we say we are men and women of the Spirit, as much as you declare that you are of the Holy, of the Holy Spirit, hear what he says there, as he, the Lord beholds that he is drawing us. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness. That is in that verse 9. Righteousness and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed, all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Then he finally says, Walk in wisdom. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, my beloved, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine as we are in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Praise God. Put on the new self. Once again, remember, how are you dressed? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been told, put on, as it says, humility. Put on, he's told us to put on mercy, compassion. Put on love. And finally says, put on the new you, the new self. And what is the new you that is manifested? As your new you is assimilated in the Lord Jesus Christ. You put away all lying. You speak truth. You do not let the sun go down on your anger. You do not give place to the devil. You do not steal. You labor with your own hands. You give to those in need. You don't allow any corrupt word from your mouth. You speak what is good for edification, for strengthening of others. You speak what gives grace and to the hearers. You do not grieve the Spirit of God. You put away bitterness. You put away wrath. You put away anger. You put away clamor and necessary noise, evil speaking and malice. You are kind to one another. You are tender-hearted. You know how to forgive one another. You imitate God. You walk in love. You cease from fornication and all uncleanliness, covetousness, and all foolish talking. You put on the Lord Jesus Christ for the glory of God in the highest. A word that the Lord has spoken to this church a few days ago. He said, for the seed shall be prosperous. The vine shall give its fruit. 
The ground shall give her increase. The heavens shall give their due. I will cause the remnant of these people to possess all these. And it shall come to pass, just as you are a curse among the nations, O Hope Community Church, you will, I will save you and you shall be a blessing. Do not fear. Let your hands be strong. For thus says the Lord of hosts, just as I determined to punish you when your fathers provoked me to wrath, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not relent. So again in these days I am determined to do good to Hope Community Church, West London. Do not fear. These are the things you shall do, says the Lord. Speak each man and woman the truth to his neighbor. Give judgment in your gates for truth, justice, and peace. Let none of you think evil in your heart against your neighbor. And do not love a false oath. For all these are things that I had. Father, in Jesus' name, we yield ourselves unto you. May you grant us grace that we may know how to put on the garments of righteousness. We are your church. We are your people. We are part of your body, O oh Lord Jesus. May you grant every one of us in this congregation and in this church <coughs> to be dressed with the right dressing that you have desired us to have. You know what part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ we present. Little or small as we may be, Father, what we ask is, may we have the right garment upon ourselves, that we may be able to do what you desire us to do in the way you desire it done. Help us to put on the Lord Jesus. Help us to put on humility, O oh Father. Help us to put on mercies and compassion. Help us to put on love. And help us to put on the new man who is created after you, Lord Jesus. Work a new work in each one of us that your grace will be fully made manifest in us and through us, in Jesus' name.